Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Well, it's the 20th anniversary of September 11th, and it's our first real full-on Saturday show. Uh, This is sort of going to be our Christian News Week in Review, and what a week it was. Let's get to it. Welcome in. This is Religionless Christianity. I'm your host, Spencer. This is my beautiful wife, Nikki. Hello. And do got a lot of good, uh, well, I have a big praise report to get to, but before I get to it, is there anything you would like to mention? Well, just in light of it being September 11th anniversary, 20 years already, I was just thinking about that time just goes so fast and... And I know that, like, I don't know anybody personally who was there or that knew anybody who lost their lives, but I know um, there are many who struggle this time of year. And and it's just, I think it's important that we do remember that no matter what your stance is, you know, the, you want to say it's an inside job or not. I know there's a lot of theories around it and that upsets people, but the truth is that there are heroes um, in that situation, people did lose their lives and that's why it's a day to remember it was a day America did come together. And I think when you have a common enemy, that is what brings America together. Yeah. Just, you know, whatever your thoughts are, pray for people. I mean, people lost family members and loved mm-hmm. ones that day. And throughout the last 20 years of, you know, military conflict, they've lost people as a result of what happened that day. Yeah. So um, whatever your feelings are, just keep those people in prayer. Yeah. Um, that's our job is to pray for people when they're hurting. So, you know, September 11th is always a touchy time for people mm-hmm. in the way that they feel. Um, so yeah, be praying for them. Please like, and subscribe. If you find this show enjoyable at all, follow us. If you're on the podcast, we would love that. Share it with a friend while you're at it. And, mm-hmm. uh, if you're on TikTok, by the way, we do, uh, daily devotions in under 30 seconds on TikTok every day. So if you want to come look for Religionless Christianity podcast on TikTok, you can get a quick 30-second devotional in the morning and uh, hopefully lift your spirits. But we do have a big praise today, the praise of all praises. And if you can hear our kids pounding around the house, we apologize. That's what you get for a Saturday recording. But the praise, if I could say... The great Satan lost today. And by that, I mean Ohio State. (laughs) God bless America. You know, just when you think Afghanistan's lost, countries in turmoil, God comes through and Ohio State loses. So things are looking up. So that's the big praise (laughs) for this week. And if you're an Ohio State fan, I don't care. I hope you feel bad because I'm a Michigan fan. Like any God-loving American would be. So anyways, I'm just kidding. Please like and subscribe. Stick around. Um, (laughs) But no, what a week it was looking back on this week. And uh, we kind of were working our way through this week when we even realized we're like, 
oh man, it's it's the week of September 11th. Like yeah. we're like almost through the week and we didn't even realize it. So, you know, I think we should talk about September 11th. It's kind of the story, I guess, um, that we should talk about. And when I was, you know, coming up with this episode, my thought on it, like when I was like, should we talk about it or not? I just, I don't think people care, you know, at the end of the day. Um, you know, I don't think September 11th, the war in Afghanistan really weighs on people anymore. And it probably hasn't for a very long time, you know, mm-hmm. outside of the anniversaries when it gets drummed up and people talk about, but I don't know how much people care. You know, we obviously being in the military, you know, Afghanistan has been a something that's always on our mind and it's almost weird now. I mean, my entire military career has been revolved around Iraq and Afghanistan. I mean, September 11th happened just before, you know, a couple of years before I joined. Um, and it's actually funny looking back on it now. I remember, I think I must have been in 10th grade because I had just gotten to I think Vandercook. Oh, when it happened? And I remember 11? being in class and they like turned the TV on. And I remember watching it. And I didn't even think it was really that big of a deal. I'm like, oh, that's weird. An airplane hitting yeah. the buildings. I was like, okay. I had no idea. And it wasn't, yeah, until like later. And I just, I vaguely remember being in a classroom and seeing it, even though I don't remember it actually like watching the, the TV or seeing the planes hit. Or I just remember being in that environment and then kind of being like, oh, what a strange way to start a day, <laughs> you know, like. Yeah, wasn't that big of a deal to me. And then obviously, as you know, the situation unfolded, you kind of realized what was going on. But yeah, that was I think as kids, we were I mean, we were teenagers, I think we were 11th grade, but I think I didn't know what was going on. But just knowing like all the teachers, all the adults being really concerned is what like, made me uneasy. Like, this must be serious, you know? Yeah. And yeah, I remember going to work that day. And I remember I ended up like wanting to go home. Because how everybody was acting and talking about, it, I was like, "This is really serious." <laughs> I'm supposed to be upset about this, yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't blame people. I mean, it's sad that we don't really care about September 11th. Um, you know, there people were just in Afghanistan, but uh, it's hard to stay motivated and passionate about something that's been going on for 20 years. Um, well, I was just gonna say, just like with any other um, day, we're supposed to be in remembrance of. Um, those who've lost their lives, like the Veterans Day and everything, like people just kind of, they don't think about it. They just, oh, a holiday. Well, not even veteran. I mean, who really praises God on Christmas morning or worships <laughs> Jesus on Easter? Like we don't, yeah, we don't really right. care about much of anything in the way of remembrance anymore. Um, and really the most anybody's going to do is just like a Facebook meme or be like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, we love our heroes or whatever. They'll and, just share a meme and then uh, they forget about it. Yeah. Yeah. But I was actually fortunate just this week, I got to hear a talk by somebody who was, uh, the name is Wes Wong. Never knew that name until this week, but he was like the FBI office lead in New York. I think he worked out of the North Tower. Um, so he kind of told us what that day was like. You know, he was actually helping to carry bodies out uh, mm-hmm. after the tower fell and stuff. So it was pretty cool to hear that story from somebody that actually was in, Mm -hmm. in the mess when it was happening. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I don't think people really, and this isn't meant to be 
deriding any individual person. We're just as guilty. Like, I don't think we really appreciate much of anything anymore. You know, that's just kind of how we are in this country anymore. Mm-hmm. Is like, um, as we get more and more materialistic and, you know, instant gratification, we don't really do that anymore. You know, even now, like we don't hold our grandparents in high esteem. Right. We don't anything. You're right. I mean, so. Hmm. I think uh, as I was kind of jotting these down, I kind of wrote down that people don't appreciate anything more. And that's. uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like I kind of referenced like the buildings imploding. (laughs) It represents the entire country imploding on itself in the last 20 years. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, yeah, I can't believe that it was 20 years ago. It's flown by. So. You know. That's, you know, I already touched on what I kind of remember about the day. Um, You know, I remember being, I joined the Air Force when I was 19 in September. And by the time I was 20 was my first time deploying to Iraq. Um, We had just gotten married. We just moved in to our house in North Carolina. We bought our first dog because Nikki was about to be all alone. (laughs) So we got a wonderful dog named Emily, um, who was very wonderful for many years. But yeah, so I was 20 years old, off to Iraq, didn't even really know what I was doing or why. And, um, you know, that was one of the seven deployments I've done to the Middle East um, over the last 16 years. And I don't remember it being like, overly dangerous but i remember being in awe of being in the middle east you know over in iraq you know if you watch us on tiktok i'm actually going through genesis right now and reading about you know the cradle of civilization and you the tigris and euphrates river you fly over those in iraq which is you know a neat thing to see the first couple times um jonah you know he goes to the city of nineveh that's the city of Mosul in Iraq, which we would go to all the time. What? So it's kind of cool to kind of be that. <laughs> in the Bible. Um, so that's kind of cool. Interesting. But then looking back on it now, you know, we've just obviously pulled the last of our troops out basically and closing down Iraq. And I know the big talk now has been, you know, maybe we're going to go back. Who knows what it's going to look like with the Taliban. And my thought was, and yet I hope we don't. Um, and this is just a personal feeling. I don't know why we think we could go back and beat them. And I don't want to ruffle anybody's feathers, but we are in a country with values or like morals that we're fighting for anymore. Mm-hmm. We're becoming a feminized society. So I don't think we're going to go to war with a country or a people that have values that they're willing to fight and die for a masculine culture like yeah i don't think we're in the right place as a country you know like i think if the revolutionary war like we wouldn't fight a revolutionary war today oh my goodness i mean the reason we were able to win that war is because of the people we were the values the morals yeah. the dedication to each other like yeah. we were a different country world war Two, we had a common enemy we knew what we were fighting for now I don't know what's our country values. It is something to think about. I was pondering the same thing. It's like you fight for freedom and then people have freedom, but then comes complacency and people do forget. It's like hard times is 
it's like you need a balance. When things are too easy, you're you're easily defeated. You have no backbone yeah. anymore. You you stop appreciating what you have, why you have it, who fought, what had to happen for it to be so easy. No, I think the best thing, and it would be awful for sure, but I've said forever, the best thing that could happen for us is to actually go to war with Russia or China, actually have a bomb hit our shores to shake people. Like you think you'd be worried about what your gender pronoun is. If you think there's Russians about to pour over your border, you know, you don't care about that anymore. And and the fact is Christianity thrives in persecution. You know, I mean, read the Bible. Every time Israel got fat and happy, they walked away from God. Uh, and it took persecution and hard times to bring them back. So yeah, I hope, you know, I don't like saying that about our countrymen, but I think it's, if you, you do an honest, you know, introspection about where we are as a nation, you know, there's no reason under the sun. We have the greatest technology on the planet, but we just, we don't know what we're fighting for. We don't have like a national value yeah. system that we're fighting for. We used to, um, but that, that is a, a thing of the past now, as far as I'm concerned. So yeah, I mean, September 11th, I don't know. Let us know how you feel about it. You know, it's it's a little somber for us. We're a little torn. Obviously, it's people that it directly affected our lives for so long. But that wasn't the only thing in the news this week. Um, you know, <laughs> uh, probably the big story continues to be, as far as I'm concerned from looking through the news, is the vaccine. Um, or mm -hmm. as we like to call it, the gene therapy, better known as the uh, coronavirus vaccine. So this week... President Biden uh, declared he's mandating vaccines for the nation, basically, um, said all employers over 100 employees will face heavy fines um, for employing black people. I mean, unvaccinated <laughs> Americans. Sorry. Sorry, I, I kind of mixed it up. It is segregation. You have no, to No, no, no. This is something entirely different <laughs> than segregating on skin color. But uh, yeah, yes. the new segregation is your vaccination status. So if you want to yeah. read this headline, honey. Okay. <laughs> Biden's mandate will require employees to be vaccinated or submit to weekly testing for the coronavirus. It will apply to companies with more than 100 workers. He pointed out that many companies already enforce the rule. Rule? Yep, the is rule. it a mandate? Mandate and rule interchangeable? Whatever it needs Law. to be that day. And then he went on to say that he would issue an executive order that would call for federal workers and contractors to get vaccinated without any exception. This would apply to another 18 million Americans. Hmm. So yeah. the other 18 million Americans, do they get the option of um, getting uh, tested, like weekly testing? Um. Yeah, so I guess from what it sounds like, you know, you can either be tested weekly or you can, you know, be a good citizen, a good comrade is and just the, get the vaccine. Is the weekly testing like a punishment? Yes, in a sense. I mean, it's going to be used as a punishment that... Is that um, why they make it so uncomfortable? Is there only one way to test? Is it just that Q-tip shoved into your brain? I don't know. I don't know. Somehow I mean, you that can is pass a the coronavirus by talking within six feet of somebody it can be passed but then in order for them to test you they have to scrape your brain i i don't know why they can't just swab your mouth but i'm not a doctor 
not a doctor, so I don't know. But he does go on to say, um, this isn't about freedom or personal choice. It's about protecting those people around you and the people you love, President Biden said. And when I read that, I thought, um, the quote, I'm sure you guys have probably seen it around a lot in recent days, but it's from C.S. Lewis, and I just want to read it. He says, of all tyrannies, a tyranny sincerely exercised for the good of its victim may be the most oppressive. It would be better to live under robber barons than under omnipotent moral busybodies. The robber baron's cruelty may sometimes sleep. His cupidity may at some point be satiated. But those who torment us for our own good will torment us without end, for they do so with the approval of their own conscience. If that doesn't sound like the world we live in, they're taking your freedom, but it's for your benefit. It's for your safety that they have to take your freedom away from you. So, um, you know, we seem to be hearing this a lot, right? You know, not about freedom. It's about safety. Uh, But what's crazy is people hear that from the president, like literally standing up in front of national television, hear him say, no, I'm not concerned about your freedom. And people go, cool, makes sense. You know, like every time you hear a national leader, especially our national leaders, tell us to forget our freedoms, you should be terrified. That is scary. Um, I know. Well, there's no bigger threat than an invisible threat, and you can have it and not know it. So weekly testing in case. Like, yeah. this is just genius on their end. Oh, really. it's entirely genius. I mean, I'm not going down the route of conspiracy theory, but yeah, I mean. Yeah, you are. <laughs> I, always, I mean, we love a good conspiracy theory here. Don't get me wrong. And I'm like, man, if you can convince the whole world that they have to take a vaccine once, twice, every year or so, mm-hmm. um, as a business, what a good model. Hey, uh, and you just give your politicians a little cut off the top. You're making hundreds of billions of dollars a year, you know. But uh, yeah, I mean, as far as losing your freedoms, though, like, I think the problem, and this kind of goes back to us thinking we're going to go back to Afghanistan and win. Like we as a nation, we're cowards anymore. I mean, this is not our grandparents, the civil war generation. Like we're cowards. We're scared of the idea of individual freedom. You know, as we mentioned, I don't think this country would fight and win a revolutionary war. We wouldn't, we'd all be marching around yelling Heil Hitler if we were to fight the Nazis today, like, who are we kidding me? Um, I think, you know, our grandparents, they were the greatest generation. We're just a generation of losers. Like when it all comes down to it, we don't, we're not willing to fight for anything. I mean, people don't even want to go to work. They no. just want to sit home and get those checks. Just cut me a check, make weed legal. It would be so easy. Cool. Everybody knows we're like the weakest no, if you don't think no. China and Russia are aware of the situation at hand in oh, this world, you know it. Um, you're you're not paying attention. So, yeah, I think we're not know, in a good place. We're not in a good place, mm-hmm. and it's our fault as citizens because we are terrified. Um, they know, you know, if they're gonna cut off a stimulus check or cut off some unemployment, or maybe you don't get health care. Right, that's something that they've been tossing out. You've been hearing these. Uh, late night, you know, leftist talk show hosts and uh, commentators talking about, 
All right. Well, if you don't want to get the vaccine, well, then you can't go to the hospital then if you get coronavirus or you get sick, right? Oh, they're going to take your health care from you. So you'll just capitulate. Um, and again, we've talked about the vaccine on here before. I don't care if you get it or not. That's not the point. The point is government overreach mm -hmm. and, you know, coercing you into stuff that you're uncomfortable with, I think is shameful. Um, yeah, making you go against your own convictions, like you were saying to me earlier, like making somebody go, going against their convictions is making them sin. Yeah, which everyone seems to be perfectly comfortable with. And but like it isn't just the president, right? The whole world has this vaccine madness. Um, we'll have an article linked down in the show notes. And all the articles that we talk about, as always, will be linked in the show notes. But Rutgers University won't even allow a student to attend virtual classes <laughs> unless they get vaccinated. I thought it was weird because when our kids did online homeschooling last year, they had we had to have an exemption filled out. Yeah. Like, like they're not even around other kids. Why do they why do you need vaccination? You know, maybe it's because our whole society's run by like 80 year old commies that they don't realize a computer virus is not like an actual virus that a human can catch. <laughs> so they might be confused <laughs> by that. Maybe the dean of Rutgers just doesn't just, understand. Yeah. Um, but, you know, who knows? So. Uh, you know, it's not even like we know politicians and academics, right? They're all communist loving, um, power hungry. We get that. That's who they've always been. Um, that's nothing new. It's definitely a problem that we should be fighting back again. Um, but, you know, as we mentioned, this apparently seems to be what America wants, right? We're told 81 million people voted for this. They wanted a government to stamp or stomp on their freedoms and uh, do all that. So that's what they wanted. They're getting what they wanted, I guess. Uh, my biggest concern in this is the church. And we got this story from Relevant Magazine. Mm -hmm. um, if you want to read this, let me see if I can pull it up. Yeah, if you want to read this headline. Uh, Beth Moore says, if you're not going to get vaccinated, for the love of God, put on a mask. Oh, yeah. Oh, Beth, Beth Moore. Moore. I was Jeez. just wondering who's going to see that and just be like, oh, okay. Well, and she it's goes on in the article to say, that, um, you know, we are to love our neighbors, love our enemies is what she says. And man, is there anything that sounds more biblical than loving your neighbors? And this is something we hear all the time from everybody and very common, especially now when they want you to get, you know, stuck with a uh, supposed vaccine for coronavirus. You got to love your neighbor. Um, and it's just like now, it's usually, you know, something that is oppressive or ungodly or makes you feel um, convicted in some way. And they just tell you to swallow that conviction and do it anyways. Um, but what happened here with Beth Moore and what happens a lot of times is she failed to finish the verse. Um, so <laughs> if you want to read. That's what taking out of context is. You see that a lot. Yeah. So if you want to read the rest <sighs> of this. Okay. So Mark 12, 30 through 31 says, And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no 
other commandment greater than these? So love your neighbor, or is it love your neighbor as yourself? Yeah, she seemed to leave off that back part where you're supposed to love them the same way you love yourself. And like for me, I want to have freedom of choice. I want to have freedom of conscience, freedom to live and provide for my family mm-hmm. as I, you know, see fit. So I also want you to do that. You know, so mm-hmm. if you want to get a vaccine, I'm comfortable with yeah. that because I want you to have the freedom of choice to do that. Yeah. Beth Moore does not want you to have that freedom. She wants you to do what she feels comfortable with you doing. Like, and this is the way that we always hear this, right? Is like, hey, love your neighbor. Just go and do this. And you're like, well, but I'm not comfortable with that. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. Like, I'm telling you because this is what makes me feel comfortable. So I, rather than looking at it of like, okay, I wouldn't want to be put in a position where I'm uncomfortable or I'm going against my conscience. So I should love them enough to not force them to go against their conscience either. I know, but didn't she say something about making, it's a sacrifice you have to make, like. Well, and we're going to hear lines. this same argument, right? Whenever there's a booster shot, you know, you're going to capitulate and get your vaccine. Then they're going to be like, you need the booster shot, dude, so that we're all safe together. Because as we know, your vaccine only works when I'm vaccinated also. Um, that's the weird thing about the coronavirus vaccine. If not everybody's vaccinated, it doesn't work, apparently. So. And then well, the booster shots us. are going to come out. Yeah. Well, unvaccinated, this is like making us enemies. Like if, okay, she's a preacher, but we have to, <laughs> I know, <laughs> like you're just causing hatred toward, toward one another when you do that. You're dividing the church like a lot, a lot of other pastors are doing. And it's just, I don't know. You're not doing... It's like the righteous act, like you are loving your enemy by wearing a mask and everybody else who's unvaccinated is just a wicked sinner and they're going to hell. Is that like the message you're sending? Well, and it's, it's just, it's always a one-sided argument, right? It's always the, hey, love your neighbor as yourself, go and do this. But you're never like looking inward and going like, hey, you know what, if they're not doing that, like, I know if I was put in that position... I wouldn't want to be coerced or strong-armed into making a decision I was uncomfortable with. So maybe I shouldn't strong-arm and coerce them into making that decision. And the thing is, is like, it's never a good thing, right? They're never like, oh, you know, we're giving out free ice cream today. So like, go and get your ice cream because love your neighbor. Like, something stupid like that. It's always something that's fearful, you know, bending your will to like government compliance. It's never something... That's good where they're just telling you, come on, man, you just got to love your neighbor. Like, it's always something that you know you in your mind you probably shouldn't do. Um, I don't know. So this whole masking, yeah. I bet I'm now sure. they're going to say like, well, come forward and get saved. And your badge is going to be putting on your mask as proof that you called on Jesus. Yeah, they're going to be like, <laughs> please come down to the front if you want to get uh, say a prayer of salvation and receive the Holy Spirit. And you'll come down and be like, do you have your vaccine passport? Yeah, no, get right. out of here. Like, <laughs> uh, you can't receive. The Holy Spirit comes by way of a shot. Um, so it's crazy. Uh, like, they don't need to love you as themselves. They need you to love them as yourself. So it's, it's, so it's crazy. Um, I'd like to hear from you guys on this. You know, I know that there's a lot of 
you know, different feelings on this amongst Christians. And again, if you want to get the vaccine, I don't care. I mean, that's your personal choice. If you don't want to get it, I don't care. Um, you know, it, it doesn't make a big difference to me, but I don't like the idea of trying to like use Jesus's commandment to get you to do something that you feel you shouldn't do. Mm-hmm. It's just something feels dirty and gross to me about that. So do you have any last thoughts on the vaccine? Well, topic? as we're going into the next topic on abortion, it's the whole thing. It's like my body, my choice. And no, we are saying you have, I know what they say. Oh, you don't believe in it, but now you do. You should have the choice. And isn't it crazy? Like it's my body, my choice, but it only is concerned when you're killing another body. Right. Yeah. But when you're actually putting something into your body, like, it's all backwards. You know, Satan twists the truth. Um, but yeah, like she mentioned, vaccine, again, wasn't the only big crazy story of the week. Um, abortion is still a big issue this week because of the Texas abortion law. So we mm-hmm. got this story from the blaze. Uh, let me see if I can find it. Yeah. So if you want to read this headline baby in that first paragraph yeah it says breaking justice department sues texas over new restrictions on abortions and the u.s attorney general i might say this wrong merrick merrick garland garland announced thursday that the department of justice filed a lawsuit against texas over the state's new pro-life law that bans abortions after a fetal heartbeat can be detected and God bless Texas. So, mm-hmm. yep, the DOJ is coming after Texas um, to try to squash this new six-week abortion ban. And what's crazy, especially when you get just get done talking about the vaccine, you know, the same government that's so concerned you get your vaccine in order to save, you know, save lives is at the same time taking Texas to court and fighting them to uphold abortions and kill more babies, specifically... <sighs> minority and black babies so only in america in 2021 can that make any sense to you we all need of you our to issues contradict lives. like in its double-mindedness on every issue that just explains america double-mindedness yeah on everything we get it from politicians right they're godless people we don't expect them to have the mind of christ you know but that double-minded stance is infecting every area of life because we've, you know, we've placed politicians and celebrities in an idle position. We worship them now. Um, so, you know, we shouldn't be expect or shouldn't be shocked when politicians and these people get on, you know, the abortion bandwagon. Um, but when churches get on the baby killing bandwagon, that to me is, yeah. um, startling. And if you want to, uh, I'll, I don't have the article pulled up right now, but it'll be linked down in the show notes. You can go check this out. All right. Pro-abortion churches in Texas vow to fight the state's new pro-life law. Take God back from the religious right. (laughs) And just so they know they are in good company, this headline reads, Satanic Temple says it will fight Texas abortion law on the basis that it infringes on religious freedom. Yeah, you gotta you gotta know you're in good company as a church when you're fighting the abortion law, and the satanic temple is standing right next to you. Right. Yeah. Um, one of you guys oh, is wrong. Probably not the satanist. Oh my gosh. You know, we just had this talk with some people. Like, whatever stance you're on, 
it's important, I think, to look around you and see who else is in your corner. Um, because we all think we're right, you know, whatever the topic is. Um, again, I think Ohio State's terrible and awful, and I want to see them lose every game. But I understand there's people from Ohio um, that may feel otherwise. You yeah. know, so like if you're sitting here and you're at a church and you're like, ah, like I just, <laughs> I imagine you go into a rally and you're like, we're going to fight to end this abortion law. And someone next to you is like, yeah, heck yeah. And you're like, hey, where are you from? They're like, the Satan temple. And you're like. Well, it makes me think of that verse, uh, which I can't even probably quote it right. What, what, was it, what does um, believers have to do? Like, what do you have in common? What's that verse? I don't know. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Apparently this church has a lot in common with Satan. <laughs> we're going to have to find that. We'll put it up. Yeah, so just crazy. Um, you know, they're still battling to make sure babies can get killed and lives can be ruined. So, uh, yeah, if you're going to that church or a church like that, my suggestion is you find a different church. Yes. And you let your pastor know that you don't agree with his thoughts. So, yeah, that's okay to test all things. Yeah. And I, if you test it, you will find. Yeah. If you're, that is not a godly stance. That must be a lot of people that don't read the Bible on their own. Well, we know that's true. No one reads the Bible anymore. Uh, I mean, we've done those stats before. So, but what else happened this week? So, kind of in the, um, kind of going back to the vaccine lane. Uh, we had this odd story that I got from, Ooh, I don't remember where it's from the national post something. It'll be linked in the description. I don't remember, but an Australian government official let slip the, uh, the new world order. Yeah. So this story does come from the national post. You can find it down in the link, but if you want to read this paragraph that I got from the story. Okay. Australian health chief stirs up conspiracy theorists by calling COVID-19 restrictions a new world order. She goes on to say, Dr. Cary Grant, New South Wales chief medical officer on Thursday, was asked by a journalist whether contact tracing would be implemented once we reopen, to which she responded, we will be looking at what contact tracing looks like in the new world order. Mm. Yes, it will be pubs and clubs and other things if we have positive case there but our response may be different if we know people are fully vaccinated yeah and then the story goes on to say also it was allowed to make war on the saints and to conquer them and authority was given uh given it over every tribe and people and language and nation and all who dwell on the earth will worship it no that's revelation 13 but um (laughs) Yeah, so sometimes you get your end times prophecy mixed up when you're reading these stories nowadays. But uh, yeah, so she let slip the New World Order. Uh, I'm sure it was a, uh, what is it, a Freudian slip? I don't know call if it? she got in trouble for that. Like, is that one of them who I don't think in America or? or in the world today, I don't think you would even get in trouble for that. She could have just came right out and been like, ah, you know, we're looking for a mark of the beast. And that just makes things a lot easier. And people go... It's a pretty good idea. And then <laughs> Beth Moore would be like, if you love your neighbor, you'll take get the, mark. the mark of the beast. Yeah. That's going to be kidding. used. I, I don't want to no, say I'm, about Beth Moore. Mm, I just I strongly suspect of, of her. But oh, yeah. Yeah. So um, 
Australia. If, and if you've been seeing what's going on in Australia, that place is a, f- that place is nuts. Um, God help you. If you're in Australia, I mean, they're having, you know, they call them remote quarantine, um, camps. They used to be better known as concentration camps or death camps, but we've, we've churched it up a little bit in Australia, but man, they're, they're ruining people's lives. We've read stories in the past about even in Canada, you know, they're looking, they've been talking about at least locking out bank accounts on people that won't get vaccinated. So, um, you know, That's we crazy. here aren't ones to say that the coronavirus vaccine is the mark of the beast. Don't believe that. But I do think they're laying those railroad tracks. Um, oh, yeah. And people, and that's what's crazy. You know, you always read the Bible and you're like, who is going to take this mark of the beast? It's right here. It says it. And you realize, oh, the people that'll take it are the ones that are told to take it. And they'll just accept it and make excuses for it. All in the name of love. Like, why would anything change? People are convinced to do something evil in the name of love. No, it's amazing. and. It's almost evil is good and good is evil. Yeah. And it's almost, I guess, neat's the wrong word, but to experience this firsthand, you know, you read accounts of Nazi Germany and you're like, how could these people do this to Jews at that time and just kill them? And like, you just go home and you eat your dinner and like, what kind of sadistic monster? But they weren't sadistic monsters. They were just people doing what they were told. And you watch these cops and stuff in Australia. They're like ripping children out of their parents' hands to give them a shot of something that they, you're like, oh, that's how it would happen. You do it because your local politician just told you to. It's that simple. Like, it's terrifying to realize, like, the only reason you aren't getting stuffed in an oven today is just because they haven't asked them to do that yet. Yeah. You know, we are that close. So that's really scary. Yeah, it's terrifying. And then. The last thing um, on kind of big news stories of the week, this one I think is a huge news story, although I don't know how much publicity it's necessarily gotten. This is certainly a story they're going to try to squash and um, get you to forget about. But it appears clear as day that our uh, our good friend, Dr. Fauci, uh, looks to have perjured himself. Uh, and then this headline here, baby, if you want to mm. read this yeah if you want to read that headline dr fauci faces call to resign answer for a shocking report about u.s government funded wuhan research yeah if you just want to read those first paragraphs on the daily wire in may of 2021 dr fauci in his testimony to a senate committee investigating whether the u.s funded gain of function research at the Wuhan Institute of Virology, claimed that the NIH has not ever and now, oh, and does not now fund gain-of-function research in the Wuhan Institute of Virology. The Intercept, however, found through a Freedom of Information Act uh, request evidence that the NIH issued a bat coronavirus grant to a group called the EcoHealth Alliance for $3.1 million, including $599,000 that the Wuhan Institute of Virology used in part to identify and alter bat coronaviruses likely to infect humans. And yeah. if you're unfamiliar with like the gain of function research, uh, that's 
in layman's terms, which is what I am, that's essentially the scientist taking this bat coronavirus that infects bats and animals and trying to do research to figure out how it could make that jump from bat to human, basically, and infect humans. So they were basically altering and doing tests on this virus to see what could get it to infect humans, which gain of function is not new or unheard of, but I believe, and I could be wrong, but I think President Trump outlawed us funding gain of function research uh, back a few years ago. Um, but apparently Dr. Fauci didn't get that memo and he continued to fund it. So, um, hmm. just me reading this article and kind of looking back, I thought, you know, to kind of sum up the story <laughs> to this point, um, as I see it from where I sit, Dr. Fauci and the NIH funded research that led to the creation of the COVID-19, um, virus. It leaked from a lab in Wuhan. And that virus has killed millions of people all across the earth. He lied about it this entire time. And in response to this virus, he helped create and he wants everyone in the country and around the world to take a vaccine that doesn't stop infection or prevent infection from the disease that he helped create. And he just doesn't understand why people are hesitant. Because he's a liar. He's a liar. Um, and, you know. Our Congress nowadays is pretty weak and feckless. They don't really do much. So I don't hold out a lot of hope that they're going to really hold him to account to this because, mm. you know, he's been up there for 18 months telling them he never funded anything, never funded it. Even when they called him out and showed him evidence that, yeah, dude, you funded it. And he just kept on lying. So I don't think they're going to do anything. They should if they had any cojones, as they would say. Like, who else is their face for this? For this? What other. He is the face. He's essentially the face for why we've been walking around with masks on like idiots for the last yeah. 18 months and why, you know, we need to have vaccines and booster shots. I mean, he's the chief medical advisor to the president, basically. So um, he's it. And yeah, he's been lying to us um, this whole time. And what's funny is these lies come out. But then people just assume like, well, yeah, but everything else he says is fine. Why? If somebody's willing to lie to you about something like this, why do you listen to anything they say? It's the same thing. Like we know our politicians are lying, power hungry, godless con men. Why do we accept anything that they say is truth? I just, it boggles my mind when people are just like so willing to accept what you hear from these people. When you know that they're not telling you the truth, it's insane. Like when you watch the news and you know it's propaganda and you still just accept still. it, I don't get it. I don't get it. Um, you know, we maybe it's because Stockholm we don't know God syndrome? anymore. Do we all have that? Basically. The one who <laughs> oppresses us, but then we know they're lying and then we somehow believe, oh, it's for our own good. It really is. Yeah. I mean, maybe it is Stockholm <laughs> syndrome. So. <laughs> We all have. <laughs> it's just crazy. We live in crazy times. Um, just a couple other headlines that I just pulled. Um, the last one I wanted to mention, just because, you know, I thought it was very fitting. Uh, President Obama sent, you know, our famous favorite little uh, Satanist, um, little Nas X, 
sent him some um, baby shower gifts for his uh, pregnancy. If you've seen those photos from Little Nas X, he's getting ready to give birth to his album. And the Obamas saw fit to send him a gift. So the article says, I'll have it linked in the show notes. Um, you know, but he's a Christian, we're told, right? President Obama. Yeah, one of those God-fearing <laughs> Christian types. So um, that's all the news that we have today. Uh, I do want to end on a good note. So before I get to my close here, baby, is there anything else you'd like to say today? Mm, not really. It's just a little much to think on all of this. Kind of have a headache now. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a lot to take in. Um, I do want to say episode eight of the rise and fall of Mars Hill is out. So we will have that review coming for you on Wednesday. Please come check in with us, see where we stand. Um, and then just going back to the whole love your neighbor as yourself thing, like that is a command from Christ and we need to follow it. It's not a suggestion from Christ, not a, Hey, it'd be cool if you did, but if you didn't, I understand you have to love your neighbor as yourself. And that's not easy. And even, you know, the idea of freedom isn't easy. You know, we go into these things of like hate speech and stuff like that. Well, hate speech shouldn't be, you know, freedom of speech shouldn't include hate speech. There's no point for freedom of speech if you don't protect the things that are uncomfortable to say, mm -hmm. right? There's no point to freedom if everybody just does the same thing that the government tells them to do. Yeah, it's uncomfortable. You know, yes, it might go against what your sensibilities are, but that's what freedom is for. It's, it's for the individual. Like, we're not a nation like the Soviet Union, where we're just a nation to serve a party. We're a nation of individuals with individual sovereignty, rights given to us by God. And even when it's uncomfortable and it goes against the way you think and feel, especially as a Christian, Love your neighbor enough to understand their point of view and not drive a wedge between you. And even if you say, hey, I've got pre-existing conditions, I'm very susceptible to coronavirus. If you're unvaccinated, maybe we just can't hang out or whatever. Or until, you know, fine, yeah. separate yourself if you have to, but don't be so hard in your heart that because somebody else's conscience weighs on them differently than yours, that somehow they become an enemy of yours. Um, we as brothers and sisters in Christ are not each other's enemy. Uh, in my mind, Congress, the politicians, these people are our enemies. They're the serpents whispering in our ear, you know, and we need to stand strong together. Even if you're uncomfortable in what your brother or sister believes is different than you, um, you know, we need to love them enough to let them have that freedom in themselves because that's what we would want for ourselves. Yeah. So. Um, that's that. And then the last bit of good news, which I think is good news, football's back. Football's back. And um, I thought about this because, you know, we had a talk because I'm kind of not really ending it. I'm kind of just going on and on. But, you know, we were talking today. Is it biblical? Like, and we'd love to hear from you guys. I don't know where it says in the Bible where, like, you should fight to extend your life as long as humanly possible. You know, where, and that's what we hear, right? You take the vaccine, live longer, be healthier. I don't know where the Bible tells us that extending our life is somehow like 
worthy of praise or, or anything like that. I mean, I know a lot of places where the Bible tells us to lay down our life um, and those sorts of things, but not really fighting to extend it. And so I'd be curious to hear from you guys. But if you mm-hmm. do want to extend your life, and this ties back into football being back, if you want to extend your life and have the best possible life you can, and you're not following Tom Brady's TB12 method, what are you doing? Uh, he's 44 years old, looks like he's 24 years old. And uh, he just had a big win. I'm only saying this because he's a Michigan man. Um, graduated from the University of Michigan, where champions are born. And um, yeah, if you're taking a vaccine but not doing the TB12 method, I think you're doing it wrong. So that's all we got for you guys today. Please come check us out again on Wednesday. Please pray for us. Please jump on our social media, our Discord. We want to pray for you. We want to praise God with you, all those sorts of things. But that is all we got for this Saturday. Love you guys. God bless. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.